is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch an hour number one of a whole new week of programming. <laughs> Dean here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we do give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight, as always, including, I guess, the latest on Ron Paul here in a few moments. Uh, of course, he was in a debate over the weekend. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I know you had something that wanted to address the earmarks issue, Mark. So pull that up when you get a chance. Um, we, might as, we might as well start with Ron Paul, because it was a good weekend for Ron Paul, I think. I saw the results of the debate from Sunday. Did you happen to take a look at that? Yes, was, did, wasn't he winning by 58% of the uh, the online votes? In the ABC poll, that's what I—that was my understanding. I could—I could I don't know. He's—he's he's winning heads, heads and tails over the rest in every online poll that I looked at. Right. Uh, the MSNBC poll, he was over fifty percent. ABC, I think he might have been even higher than fifty percent, like in the early, the high sixties or very, very high fifty percent range. And um, you know, not only does that—I guess it doesn't prove that he won the debate, um, but it does prove that. <clears throat> Excuse me. That he has a very active online, uh, oh yeah, fan base. You know, people that uh, people that intend to vote for him are willing to uh, spend their time going and voting in polls. Right. Where is this for the rest of the Republicans? Uh, apparently non-existent. Pretty much. Um, you know, I, I they think... either have virtually no internet um, fans or they just. They have them, and they just don't do anything. Right. They don't go and vote. Now, obviously, an Internet poll isn't going to be the uh, New Hampshire primary, and it's not the national election. But uh, he's doing well, and, and you know it's, it's all you can expect from a candidate. I actually just got an email uh, er, just shortly before the show from somebody who was upset at ABC News for not publishing the results of their own poll, and uh, instead claiming that Romney won the debate, which... According to the article that they pointed me to, they were publishing the results of their scientific poll. Yes. Not their unscientific internet poll. Correct. So it's not as though, I mean, yeah, they were definitely shoving under the under the rug, but they had their own other poll that they were promoting. Their At results. least they were ready with something when they uh, decided to uh, diminish the victory that Ron Paul had. Right. Um, and I thought that, you know, again, Ron Paul, he's getting better at uh, at the debates, I think. he's He's... He's obviously not necessarily the most eloquent of speakers, but I thought that... Seems good to me. I thought he was in the 90 percentile as far as his answers this time. There was one that I thought he was really missing out on, and that was the last question he was asked, the 30 seconds to pretty much just wrap it up, um, where he said that he wanted transparency in government. That was like his big thing. That's mm-hmm. what he wanted. And that's not really a big sales... Uh, that's not a good sales pitch, you know. You've you've really got to sell the benefits to the people. You know, how are you going to benefit from me being in office? He's claiming he's going to make government more transparent. I don't know how that's going to happen at the presidential level, and it's just sort of I don't know. It's sort of like this nebulous promise that didn't really do anything for me. When I I want to hear somebody say, "I'm going to end the IRS. You're going to have more money in your pocket when I'm uh, when I'm president. You're going to have." more freedom when I'm president. You're going to have fill-in-the-blank when I'm president. I mean, that's what all the other guys do. They say, you're going to have free health care when I'm president. You're going to have, you know, all these right. other grandiose promises, which, of course, require actions of government, whereas Ron Paul would cut down the size of government. I just didn't feel like his answer on that particular question was really that consistent with the other things that he's been saying. 
But to be fair, he has said things like that in the past, the whole transparency of government thing. So well, just I just found it weak. Every time, yeah, every time you have an opportunity to speak in front of the camera, especially when it's 30 seconds of uh, you know national airtime where nobody's going to check you on what it is you're saying, I think that, uh, yeah, you, need to, you do need to sell the benefits, and I would agree with you on that. So, but otherwise, again, like I said, uh, performed in the 90th percentile. Um, I heard, now, I didn't see the whole debate. I don't know if you bothered to watch the whole thing. No. Um, But I just watched the Ron Paul excerpts. So I didn't hear the other questions, which, as I understand it, they specifically left Ron Paul out as far as answering them was concerned. For instance, there was one question about health care. During the whole debate, Ron Paul, being the only medical doctor on the stage was excluded from answering that question. There was another question Doesn't as well. Doesn't make any sense. Right. Th- there was another question as well that I don't recall what it was. But Let's it was... find out what the politicians have to say about health care and forget the doctor that's yep. actually right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. So, well, now the, the debate was moderated by this George Stephanopoulos cat who sure. is uh, like a political operative. I think he used to work for the, the, Clinton, uh, the Clinton administration. Right. And if you saw his interview of Ron Paul, his one-on-one interview, you could tell. This guy has no respect for Ron Paul. This guy sure wants he, Ron he Paul believes to the government he believes the government can solve everything. Uh, by the way, I do have the uh, ABC Internet poll um, uh, outcome here, and he got uh, thirty four thousand out of fifty three thousand, almost fifty four thousand votes. Whew. So that's somewhere in the neighborhood of what I'd said. Right, and just knocked he just knocked it out of the park. So, and then there was another question. I don't recall what the topic was, but it was another one where. Ron, I think it was taxes, actually. You know, Mitt Romney got uh, 4,000 votes. He's the next closest competitor. Yeah, that's nothing. I think it was a tax question, Mark. Mm-hmm. And once again, Ron Paul, the clear anti-tax candidate, the man with something important to say about taxes, was not allowed to speak. Not even asked. So, And you know how Ron Paul is. He's such a nice guy, right? He's not going to butt in like Mitt Romney would or Rudy Giuliani. Because in this debate, Romney butted in, sort of like Rudy Giuliani butted in in the last debate. Mm-hmm. And there's that one time where Romney put up his finger during Ron, during Ron Paul's time to speak, put up his fingers. Oh, well, did we forget about 9/11, or did he forget about 9/11? And, and you know, interrupted the guy. Mm-hmm. And Ron Paul's not like that, so he's not gonna he's not going to say at the end of them asking six candidates their opinion on taxes or health care. He's not going to say. Uh, you know, I'm a doctor. Do you mind if I step in on this? Of course, it would have been great had he done that. Not as, not necessarily interrupting another candidate, but at the end of everybody else going, saying, what? excuse me, just to let you know, I am a doctor here. Do you mind if I speak? <laughs> well, you know, if he gets quieted down, then it's a, then it's a bigger loss, I would say. You, know, you think? If I, then it just shows ABC News as being incredibly rude and totally unfair. Well, to us, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like if he gets uh, shushed, you know, then then there's a certain loss of stature. I don't. Do you agree with that? I, I don't think so. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. A loss of stature. That would be him asserting himself for what he is. The only non-politician on the stage. I mean, the only the only He's guy. He's gonna have a who, heck of a time painting himself as a non-politician, being a nine-term um, representative. You know but, what I mean. Yeah, though, I, I do know what you I mean. mean. How many of these other real guys living. actually have a real business? Uh, I believe that Mitt Romney uh, was a businessman before he got into politics and decided to take people's money by force. I hate his radio commercial. Which hate one? It. With the with his wife? Yes. Oh, I think it's great. Why? Because um, it, it you sell things emotionally. Um, people have not heard the uh, radio commercial. Let me uh, run it down for you real quick. It's uh. 
his wife, and I don't know what her name is. Ann Romney. Ann Romney sounds. I've heard it so many damn times now. Ann Romney talking about her boys and how she raised five boys, and you know she didn't have a little girl until the finally the first grandchild came. Finally, I get to buy pink. Yep. And um, that's what she says. (laughs) I think it really very light and airy. (laughs) It tugs on heartstrings. We're just a family. Seventy percent of the people out there are going to vote based on emotion. Um, They're going to vote based on. I know. That's why I hate it. Right. I you hate it because it works though. I mean, it's a good commercial. Not on somebody like me, but yes, on the the mindless Americans that aren't really paying attention to the issues, it will work on them. Right. I, I wouldn't vote for Mitt Romney if he was the I'm only candidate. I'm going to vote for Mitt. He's a family man. He has children. Mitt would call me and tell me that what I'm doing is more, far more important than what he's doing. And just all kinds of just, ugh, gobbledygook, smarmy, cheesy crap. Yes. That's what it is. I would concur completely, but it's a good commercial. But yes, please, Mitt, keep spending your money right now. It's really important that you spend your money that you have in savings mm-hmm. right now, as much of it as you can, because that way Ron Paul can you know, be, be conservative and save the amount of money that he has up until the very end and really go out and... Get some real good effective advertising. I'm interested in what their plan is with all with all the money that Ron, Ron Paul has accrued at this point. Um, there have been quite a few donations. I can't remember what the number is that he's got, but uh, he's, he's like the second candidate in there as far as uh, – um, second or third as far as the amount of money he has. And I'm interested in what he intends to spend it on because he hasn't spent it on much. People are going out and making their own signs. If you want to comment on uh, Ron Paul's performance in the debate over the weekend, you're welcome to do so or bring up whatever you want. Also, on the way, we'll talk about the – Phenomenon, the new phenomenon, and apparently soon to disappear phenomenon of female talk radio. Uh, we'll get to that. Also, a personal problem for one of our listeners, and talk to you about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI, toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, archives included. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website. Easy to download because they're free. You just click and enjoy at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com. Helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living uh, living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's FTL, like Free Talk Live. That's FTL to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. Uh, still on the Ron Paul topic here, because there was an issue that came up. It ca- actually came into my email box, I think sometime last week. And I put it aside because I didn't have a real good answer answer for it. I had heard what the answer was, but I hadn't heard it from anything official necessarily. And you apparently have something a little bit more a bit more official on this. And the issue was that one of our listeners had stumbled across some information about Ron Paul. He was pretty concerned about. Now we've already we've already helped allay some fears on one of the Ron Paul misunderstandings which was his newsletter that he had right. back in i guess it was the mid or early 90 mid to early 90s and i guess in one or two of his newsletters there was some sort of content that sounded racist yeah it it was it wasn't pretty um and apparently it was written by a staffer back in 95 and uh Ron Paul said he takes 
full responsibility for it having been written um, written in there. He did not, uh, you know, review the letter, you know, the the newsletter at that He's, time. He wasn't the editor it. of his own letter, is right? What he you're did, saying. he didn't uh, th- thoroughly enough uh, read it, and uh, it's a shame. But that's the way. Well, that's what happened. So that one we sort of put put aside. That one's been explained. This one is the allegation that Ron Paul, when it comes to these political pork barrel style bills where there's something, stu- you know, something for the studying of monkey sex or a brand new Olympic sized swimming pool for some little town in Ohio or mm-hmm. whatever, where you've got these representatives that are earmarking funds to go to specific projects in their regions. They apparently say that Ron Paul is also participating in this earmarking project, where or these or he's doing earmarks, wherein he's t- trying to get federal money over to his district, as every other politician is also doing. Right, and it sort of you know paints him with the same brush as the rest of the politicians. Right, he's just as bad as everybody else because he's doing the earmarks. What's the what's the real story there, Mark? Well, essentially, it it, it's sort of true. Um, it let me read. This is from Bill Westmiller. It's the uh, it's on the uh, RLC blog. Um, He's the chairman of the RLC. Yeah, not the blog. What, what do they do when people send in uh, different things to a website, like a BBS, but you get it in your Forum? Email. Forum. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know all these internet terms. Just <laughs> lickety split. Anyway, um, it's off the uh, RLC forum, and this is what Bill Westmiller has to say about it. He's the president of the Republican Liberty Caucus, and Ron Paul used to be the president of it and sort of one of the founding members. Since few people understand earmarks... It does give a false impression, which columnists love to do, but Ron isn't grabbing money for his constituents, only seeking a fair share within the existing system. Realize that congressional appropriations, usually following guidance from the president, set the total amount for the um, to be spent first. Earmarks don't change the amount spent. They just intend to force a specific allocation rather than leaving it all to the executive branch. Ron goes against the total dollars spent, or at least against any increase, but submits requests for allocations of those funds that he receives from his constituents. Got it? So he votes against the budget or any budget increase that's out there, but he does enter in these earmarks. What's so, the terminology? Earmark doesn't mean pork barrel. Earmark means this is what these funds are earmarked for. This but it's usually what, pork barrel stuff. It, well, you know, it's going to go for something. So what you're saying is there's going to be, if they're going to dole out Five million dollars. Mm-hmm. They're going to dole it out where, regardless of what districts across the country get it, regardless of what pork bar- barrel crap or legitimate projects or whatever get it. Right. Not that anything the government's. When I say legitimate, I don't even mean that. But um, so they're going to spend this money, and so Ron Paul just puts some cards in play right. in the event that the money gets passed, which it probably will. Because he's going to be the only one who votes against it. Because he's, you know, it's going to be 400 to 1 against it, or he's going to be the one voting against right. it. Right, and um, also he submits allocations for funds that he's, requ- that he's gotten requests from his constituents. He feels it's his obligation, his um, you know, constitutional role as a representative to represent what it is that the constituents want. And I... I have to say that, the, you know, to some extent, that sounds true. Got there, it. There is a no vote, unless Jeff Flakes decides it's worthy of a challenge, on any of the individual earmarks. If there is a vote, it has absolutely no effect on the total dollars appropriated. Nevertheless, I think it would be more appropriate for Ron to condemn the earmark process itself as a form of legalized special favors than to defend it as being economically irrelevant. It fosters the Washington culture of the power to plunder and redistribute the booty to friends and supporters. It's true. So this is the uh, president of the um, RLC, you know, 
basically saying that he would see he would prefer to see it elsewise, but this is how it goes, and he doesn't think that Ron is exactly um, you know abusing anything here. He's it makes sense. His constituents ask for something. He enters that request, um, you know, I see and he votes against the total budget, any total budget increase or right. The so he's is. voting against the tax. He's voting against the uh, he's voting against the bill, but he's just putting some cards into play in the event that it goes through because he was requested to do that by his constituents. It's right. certainly not the most principled of remember positions. His, remember, his constituents paid their taxes. It's it's one thing, you know. I mean, it's it's bad enough that we have the whole tax system as it exists today, but those it, it is their money. Right. So they, you know, whoever um, takes the initiative to write a letter to their Congress critter and uh, ask for the money, it, it seems like, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a good, it's a decent explanation for what, considering what he's doing. And again, Ron Paul, upper 90th percentile. I agree with him on 95 mm-hmm. percent of his issues, maybe even 98 to 99 percent. Will he get your vote? In, uh, uh, um, I'll vote for him in the primary for sure, and if it comes down to the regular election and he's nominated, I probably will vote for him then as well. That's a pretty pretty strong endorsement. Um, well, I mean, it's very unusual that I would agree 99% with a politician. Right. So, you know, he's not perfectly principled, but then again, at some points, it's it's hard. You know, it's okay. Well, in this case, his someone... principle is the Constitution. His principle isn't small government, and that's that's that is principled in some fashion. I, I understand that, but but even if your principle is uh, you know getting the government out of your life and the non-aggression principle and all that, there's principle and understanding it and applying it as much as you can, and then there's the practical realities of life. I was talking about this on the on the forum today, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Free Talk Live BBS, because the issue of Cheshire TV came up. It's a local public access station here in Keene, New Hampshire, that I'm a a, a part of. Me too. And uh, you've, ha- you've got your own show. I'm on the board of directors. I work behind the scenes on your show. And so I'm definitely a part of it. And, you know, I was being accused of being a welfare queen because we are utilizing this resource that is out there. And I said, well, you know, if the violent gang is offering you the opportunity to put something on a television station, why shouldn't you take advantage of that? And somebody retorted back, well, if the violent gang is offering you a check, why shouldn't you take it? And I said, well, if there are no strings attached to that check... I think that you should take it. If you have the opportunity to get a fraction of your stolen funds back from the violent gang, what's wrong with that exactly? And you without and strings. You and Ron Paul would agree in that uh, particular arena. Right, without strings. Not if there are a bunch of strings attached and you have to jump through hoops and you have to be the government's bitch. No, don't take the money in that particular case. But there's this resource, this television channel out there just sitting there that if we don't use it, the socialists are going to use it. So it seems absurd. It's, it's impractical to not take advantage of that. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website for free, including the wiki. We've got over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you, and we give it away. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, W-I-K-I. 
www.freetalklive.com. And did you know that 9 out of 10 lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. You know, we're talking about practicality when it comes to doing politics in the real world. And one of our listeners uh, was pretending to be all upset on the uh, the BBS uh, recently. In fact, it was Teor's. We'll talk about – you've got something from him in a moment about mm-hmm. the Selective Service. But he was obviously, you know – Kidding, I think, but I, I think he was too because he uh, actually IM'd me today and uh, said, yeah. "Hey, look at how I'm screwing with Ian." Yeah, well, mm-hmm. he wasn't screwing with me because uh, I, I get it. You know, I understand where he's coming from, and what he was talking about was my interactions with Cheshire Television and yours as as well by proxy. But uh, the, the fact that here we are doing this principled libertarian radio show talking about how, you know, government is awful and uh, we need to cut it drastically down to size and so on and so forth. But here we are at the same time, on the other hand, utilizing this government-created resource called Cheshire Television here in Cheshire County, New, uh, New Hampshire, this uh, cable access channel. Now, um, in defense, uh, to some extent, of Cheshire TV, you don't have to fund Cheshire TV if you don't want to. Right. It's the, only funded by a, an, a you know an amount on your cable bill. Well, the coercive mechanism behind Cheshire TV is different from the typical way government gets funded. Usually, you've got your your uh, your property taxes, which are of course coerced from you, and then they go to all manner of different municipal services, right, and boondoggles. But Cheshire TV isn't funded through property taxes. It's funded through a uh, 0.75% tax on the cable bill, which, of course, no one is actually forced to pay that. So that tax is right. really... Right. You don't have to have cable. You could have direct TV. Right. And get all the same channels except for Cheshire TV. So right. really, that's the only, the only difference. And so, again, that's not the coercive aspect. The coercion aspect ties in with the franchise agreement. Right. Which is the, uh, the agreement that... The count, or that uh, the city of Keene, New Hampshire, has with Time Warner Cable. Right. You and can have your cable service here if you support this um, little community access uh, television station. Which not not only can you have your cable service here, but you can have your cable service and be excluded from any other uh, hardline cable uh, television service competition. Because Verizon is is nipping at their toes here in town. Verizon would love to bring uh, their own television channels on into the marketplace right, here. Right, Fios. And they are prevented from doing so, much to my chagrin, by this pesky little franchise agreement. Mm-hmm. So that's where the coercion is. The coercion lies in protecting uh, Time Warner Cable from competition. And I'm against that. Right. Now, Time Warner Cable um, does, in fact, offer phone service, so it's extraordinarily unfair. Yes. And and I'm a totally against that, which is one of the reasons why I went ahead and, and uh, joined the board of directors for the TV station, because I want to sort of wait in the wings and get some more liberty-minded people on the board of directors and then figure out a way to make the entire operation a volunteer, uh, volunteer one, mm. to figure out a way to marketize the public television service. I don't know how it's going to be done. Well, I think it can be done. It only costs them five grand to run that per month. That's not much. You can't sell $5,000 in advertising, Mark? Are you asking me? Well, you don't have time for it, but I'm saying, could you sell $5,000 in advertising? Well, um, and you're talking about a commission for me, which is another $5,000. You know what I'm saying. So that's 10 grand a month on a... uh yeah, crappy little television station. I you better be you better make it so that I can uh, sell those car dealers a lot of ads. 
Anyway, I think it's possible, and it should be something that, that should be looked into. There's a, there's a business model there to be had. Right, and so that's why I'm sort of just there waiting in the wings to try to change things when I get the uh, the opportunity to. Right now, I'm the minority on the on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but until then, it, it's silly for us to just let that resource sit there. That channel's going to exist whether or not we use it. So why wouldn't we want to use it? Is it unprincipled? I don't know. Do I care? No, because there are people watching that channel, and I can get a pro-liberty message out to those people. Yeah. That's uh, what's important to me. I can tell you they are watching. Uh, people You know, people say, hey, I saw you on TV. You're that, you're that TV guy. You know, this is like, you know, we can really take that critique out to the extreme, right? We could, somebody could also take that critique and stretch it out and say, well, you guys are on a bunch of licensed FCC radio stations. What's that all about? That's unprincipled, too. Yep. As a matter of fact, it, it, it's, it's a very similar argument. It is. Because they're the radi- protected the by radio the government. St- right. The radio stations have a uh, exclusivity agreement with the government. There's only going to be a certain amount of radio stations given in, in, in a certain market. Radio licenses given in a certain market. It's very anti-competitive. So, the whole industry. You know, and... Um, I, I'm but here we are. Radio losing listenership um, year after year, not as quickly as television did right. when cable, cable came around, but... Uh, you know, satellite radios out there. It's competing. Um, when the internet gets comes to cars, it's going to be a big problem. Mm. But for now, radio stations exist. People still listen to them. Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to just sit back and not do a damn thing with our show and just sit on the internet and broadcast to our internet only audience? Well, radio stations will always exist. Um, it's just the question is how much of the advertising pie will they get? And I think that if they did open up um, the radio band to competition, that you would see other radio stations spring up. Um, you'd see people, you know, running them out of their garages sure. and, and that sort of thing, and they wouldn't have a lot of coverage. Um, there would probably be lawsuits as to where they were allowed to be on the band and that kind of thing, um, homesteading of the uh, radio band. But I think, by and large, the uh, stations uh, that are in existence would have the advantage of infrastructure in place, and they would probably be able to kick the little guys' butts for a long time. And the important part would be to advertisers, where are the most people listening? Where am I going to be able to get the most amount of ears? Right, and that's important to us because we want people to hear this show because, number one, we want them to be entertained, hold through a break, listen to some of our advertisers, and then buy some products or services from them. And number two, because we're pro-liberty kind of guys and uh, more people listening to the show helps spread that message. So, you know, we're going to use the existing infrastructure in order to do that. Otherwise, we're completely useless. Otherwise, we only have our Internet audience, and, you know, we love our Internet listeners, but the fact is we... There's more potential, at least right now, that's going to change within the next five to ten years. There's more potential listeners on radio stations than there are Internet listeners at the moment. Again, that'll change. 800-259-9231. We'll talk about a uh, particular radio network that's about to go bottoms up uh, here in a few moments. But first, let's go to the phones and talk to Guy in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Guy. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? What's good. up? What's on your mind? Uh, this guy. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, good. I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, you were doing... You know, you would have done pretty well. There was an accent because there. there was an accent there. See, we're trying to groom these sad, pathetic crank callers <laughs> that we have today. Uh, there was an accent there in the beginning, and it was, sounded like a you know a New Yorker living in Florida. There could have been a lot of fun things you could do with that because Floridians hate the New Yorkers that come down there, and they're they're you know they're 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 annoying. They drive like New Yorkers. They bring their New York politics down. You tell and, a little silly little story that goes with it, or something like that, and eh, you know it it, right. it and works. Even a stuttering New Yorker would have been funny, but you lost it. Yeah, sorry. 
800-259-9231. And uh, he waited almost 20 minutes for that call. Well, you know, God bless him. He got his uh, national uh, radio debut there. All right. Here you go from MediaWeek.com being corroborated uh, here and there. Launching a new radio network is a tough proposition. Just ask Air America Radio. Launching a new radio network targeting women with female-oriented talk programming in a male-dominated industry is even tougher. After two years of building a full slate of live female-targeted talk programming, Greenstone Media is preparing to discontinue operations Greenstone's out of there? on August 17th. Man. Unless someone cuts them a check within the next few weeks, they're done. Mm. Uh, only about eight radio affiliates cleared the programming in mostly mid-size and smaller markets. That Our, wasn't Chick Chat on Greenstone, was it? No, Chick Chat's an independent. Okay. Uh, and, listen to Chick Chat. It's kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, if you're a chick, you should listen to Chick Even if you're a guy, Chick Chat is, you know, it, that'll give you an ins- insight into what the girls are talking about. No doubt about it. Uh, so there was hardly enough to sustain the network. And I want to get into what the president and the CEO of Greenstone Media had to say about building a business, being an independent in the radio world, because we're independents. There's nobody holding an axe over Free Talk Live's head. Like, there's no program director or general manager who's in charge of Free Talk Live. we got a bunch of little axes in the uh, form of uh, program directors on radio stations, and listeners each have their own little toothpick. It's true. We'll talk a little bit more about this and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, you take control, toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231, inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give away that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com, approaching 400 amplifiers. Not quite there yet. Maybe you'll be one of the first 400. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll find out what we're doing. We're asking you for three bucks a month. We're just asking because all the features on our website we give away. So this is above and beyond all that. It's a totally voluntary way to support the program. Three bucks a month, you send it in, we take it in. Bring it together with everybody else's contribution and turn it around into advertising the program to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. And the fact is, it's working. Uh, we're up to 27 stations at this point. We've got a couple more in the hopper that may be coming on board soon. God Hopefully, bless the hopper. Fingers crossed for that. And honestly, it's all happening because of the amplifiers. Uh, without our amplifiers, we wouldn't be able to do half-page ads in Talkers Magazine. We would not be able to go to uh, industry conventions and schmooze it up with the big wigs. We wouldn't be able to do any of these things. Or um, buy equipment that uh, some radio stations need to carry us. That's true as well. Uh, some stations might need a satellite card or something like that. We can do that because of the amplifiers. So if you want to help us out with that, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You will learn about uh, some of the perks you get access to, like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, and forum, and more. All the details, amp.freetalklive.com. And actually, we're in the middle of a discussion we just started about it's a, little, a little inside radio for you, just to give you a peek uh, behind the scenes of the industry as to what's going on. And this news just broke today. It's from MediaWeek.com. According to them, Greenstone Media is preparing to discontinue operations effective August 17th. So less than two weeks from now, Greenstone Media, you've probably never heard of them, which wouldn't be a surprise. It's one of the reasons why they're going out of business. They're on eight stations. Uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've been doing this, that is syndicated network radio, for two years. And all they managed to get so far were eight affiliates. 
And that doesn't mean that all those eight affiliates are clearing all of their programs either. Um, that means that they are offering a line of, they're a network. Now, Free Talk Live isn't a network. We're a syndicated radio show on, on a network. A network. Right. Um, but, but anyway, these guys started up and they, they wanted to offer this, this lady-oriented, female-oriented talk radio product. And this is, I think this is a, there's a problem, personally, from a programming perspective, of labeling your product female talk. I also think there's a problem with labeling your product male talk. There are stations out there that, uh, that brand themselves as talk radio for guys. Guy talk. And what are you doing? Why would you want to make it sound like you don't want women listening to your station? Conversely, why would you want to make it sound like your station is only for one particular audience? Now, inevitably, people aren't going to care that much. They're going to listen to what they listen to. So, well, it, But it may have some sort of psychological effect on people. I'm not sure about ta- that. Talk radio is splintered somewhat. I mean, it used to just be talk stations, and now there's sports talk stations. There's news talk stations. There's hot talk. Uh, yeah, hot talk, which is uh, largely uh, relegated to the morning um, zoo aspect. Yeah, business of, talk. Of, yeah, that's true. Advice talk. You've got advice talk. Mm-hmm. Not so many advice talk stations out there, but it, it's a niche that can be exploited. You can uh, put Dr. Joy Brown, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, uh, I don't know if Dr. Phil has a show out there, but, you know, that kind of thing. I really I really have an appreciation for what Greenstone Media was trying to do, and that is put more female voices on the air and have talk shows that are oriented around things that maybe more ladies might like to listen to. Because it is a fact that... Talk radio is dominated by males. Not only is it dominated by males in the programming aspect as far as there are just more shows hosted by guys, it's also the fact that more guys listen to talk radio stations Mm -hmm. than females. Um, But that doesn't mean there aren't lady listeners out there. There certainly are. They listen to our show. They listen to talk radio stations. So why would you want to brand yourself as, you know, the man station uh, when you already know that talk radio is a man-oriented format? Well, it just seems silly. And so also equally silly is Greenstone going out and trying to be the female talk station, sort of like you have the female television stations as well. It just didn't seem like the, the most brilliant business decision, and apparently radio stations around the country agreed because they didn't pick up their program. I'm not sure. At two at two years, they're still still getting their feet wet, really. Um, it's true. There's They'll, some dues to be paid in, in, at two years. You're right about that, and that, that's where I wanted to go is that, you know, okay, two years, you've just barely gotten the chance to get the ball rolling, but they also had several million dollars behind their right. advertising campaign, and unlike Free Talk Live, where, you know, we've got two grand a month. <laughs> several uh, dollars behind our ad campaign. To, uh, to promote our product. You know, these people had investors, uh, and they, they flopped. And let me give you a quote from the CEO and the president of Greenstone. She says, This is a longer and more expensive process than an independent programming company can shoulder in today's turbulent marketplace. We found growing interest in the radio marketplace and on other platforms, but we can't responsibly predict success in a future near enough to match our investors' resources. Mm. Basically, we've thrown our investors' money down the crapper, and we don't think we can make enough money back fast enough for them to keep this thing going. It was a gamble, and it was a gamble that apparently she's claiming failed. And, um, you know, 
that's one of the things that's nice about the way we do it is we have almost no overhead. They had a huge right. network that they were running. You've got uh, receptionists, salespeople, uh, engineers, programming, the guy that puts together the commercials, all kinds of um, different aspects to the, right. the business. And you've got to cut a check to each one of those people every single you know week or by week or whatever. And you also expect to, I mean, I'm sure they expected some level of response, which it's and just hard probably to get. getting it. It's just hard to get, though, because when you, when you, what they wanted to do was break onto the scene as this ah. hot new female talk network option. Come on over, stations, flip your formats from your uh, music stations, because music on radio, honestly, dying off. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, it wouldn't have been a terrible programming decision. I didn't listen to any of their shows. I can't talk to them. But it probably wouldn't have been a bad idea to flip from another station playing Elton John to a station doing female-oriented talk. Wouldn't have been necessarily a bad idea, but in this business... Pick your female to 20, um, 25 to 54 uh, demographic and then flip the station from that music to the um, female talk format. Maybe. I, think it, I think it could have worked. In fact... Um, Lady female-oriented talk has worked in certain places where it's been given the time and the effort to work. Right. But you can't expect these programmers and these these station owners and general managers to change gears in a year or two even because these guys move as slow as molasses. Let they me tell you, I've got stations I've been talking Careful, to I think for... Careful, I probably the way to describe sure, it. Sure, sure. They, they're not sure what they're doing, really. <laughs> well... Um, and I've got stations that I've been talking to for years about getting Free Talk Live on the air. And we're still waiting. And that's okay. I'm patient. Because I know we are going to be here tomorrow. I know that Free Talk Live is going to be at it That's one of the things year. they're concerned with. You're exactly right. It's the, uh, the concern about longevity that is a major concern, especially when you're just breaking into the business. And it's incidents like this with Greenstone Media... These businesses that pop up, a network that'll pop online and say, yeah, we're here, take our programming. And then they sit there and they wait as, you know, one, two, three, in this case, eight stations sign on board and no one's taking their programming. And, of course, if people aren't taking their programming, then it doesn't look good and nobody else wants to take their programming and everybody's worried they're going to disappear next year. And then they prove them right. By doing things like this, just dropping off the map mm-hmm. with uh, with a week's notice, and so it, it, is it any surprise that a general manager is going to look at a new product and say, mm. "Come back to me in five years." You know, um, they they were probably getting ad revenue. I'm sure that they were getting something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just when you have eight stations, and I don't know whether they were big ones or little small ones. to mid sized markets. Small to mid sized markets. Right. Eek. That's rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's hard to sell. Maybe you're selling your spots. We can sell our spots at five, five, ten bucks a spot, but I mean, you can't if you're running a whole network. You can't. You really can't. I mean, there's, there's no way you're gonna ma- be able to run a network without fifty grand a month coming in. So they're done. Uh, two years later, it's over for Greenstone Media, which of course is gonna make it look bad for the whole concept of female talk in the first place. Uh, which again will make anybody else who's trying to do a uh, more lady, a female-friendly talk show. It's going to make them more cautious about about getting into that game. Well, there's an opportunity right now, today, at this moment, to put your female talk show, Chick Chat, for instance, on these stations. It's true. Um, but but I really wanted to point this out to, to contrast the difference between what we're doing on Free Talk Live and what these people are doing over at, Green, at uh, the now soon-to-be-defunct, unless they get a check from some investor willing to throw some more money down a hole. It's happened before. Uh, unless they get that check, they're going out of business. Free Talk Live started from scratch, built slowly, and continues to build slowly. 
So the stations that are concerned, we're going to disappear, they're just wrong. We're not going anywhere. The show's got no debt. The only debt that I have is my house. I've got a 30-year mortgage to pay off. That well, I can you handle. You and everybody else, pal. Right. That I can handle, okay? Um, there's, there's nothing over top of the show. There's no uh, bill collectors or anything like that. So the stations that are worried about us, they're just watching and waiting. And after we've passed a certain point, they're going to pick our show up because we're going to be we're going to have proven that we have the longevity uh, necessary to do this business. Whereas all these other big money companies are just falling by the wayside, millions of dollars down the drain. We've only spent you know several thousand dollars on this show, and it's all in the black. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Let's roll right into the phone calls to get things started here and talk to Mark in, in I think, Indiana. Yes, Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, you guys hear me okay? We got you. What's on your mind? Uh, I just want to bring up uh, a couple topics on... um. Uh, one on immigration, second on property taxes. All right, go for it. Uh, well, with immigration, I'm I'm kind of wary on my whole beliefs in this. I totally agree with you guys that you know we shouldn't have a police state. Um, I don't want to see businesses fine. You know, this whole wall set up. But then again, I guess when I've, I haven't heard anyone bring up yet, I just don't want there to be a, like a vagueness where government is. I don't want like the uh, Mexican government and the Canadian government administering their kind of law here. I would totally you know I mean? agree with that. Yeah. Why? Why is that a concern of yours? I guess. Well, without a, I mean, without a border, um, you, you know, that that's pretty much what you'd have. I would think, right? Well, I would think you would have a border in the sense that there is a line drawn on um, the maps, and these are some of the longest undisputed borders in the world. Um, right. And so they have, you know, they they have. Uh, you know uh, this this sort of uh, continuation thing. They you know they're um, they've been there for a long time. So people well, and the them. Mexican and Canadian governments probably still want their borders because most countries aren't very free or they're not liberty minded. Um, so basically, it would just simply be eliminating the border patrol from our side of the border. Okay, yeah, I I, yeah, I can see where you come from there. I'm just not too big on that topic. I I do agree though. Uh, for the most part, with you guys. Um, also on the property tax thing, you know, I told you guys about the local issue here we have with uh. You know, government trying to raise property taxes? Yeah, the, uh, what is it, the Marion County? Marion County, Indianapolis, it's like the same thing. Indianapolis is pretty much like 90% of Marion County. So, yeah, they're trying to raise it. But um, it's, uh, I guess one reason people are coming out in uh, like a major attack of it, I mean, in droves and several Good. hundred people protesting. They had a thousand a couple weeks ago protesting at the governor's mansion. Excellent. Um. Which is good, but I think one reason why they're protesting is because it's so tangible. They actually got to pay for this out of their pocket, you know? Absolutely. And, and you better do yeah, it now yeah, because um, it's, it's... So then other people are saying, well, you know, they need to switch it to income and all. So I'm like, well, it's just another form of slavery. I'm like, you know, they got to pay for all this somehow. It doesn't matter how they're going to do it. But um, one, one thing I call up the local station here, and the local guy here is kind of a libertarian. He uh, Who, Abdul? Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Abdul, Abdul on WXNT. Yeah. He was um, talking about how he likes the vouchers, and I'm like, well, I don't agree with that because like someone like me that doesn't have kids, we'd still be punished and paying for government schools. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
You know, vouchers then, uh, certainly aren't yeah, the uh, what, aren't aren't, aren't a uh, great uh, aren't the perfect solution to the public school system. I personally like them a little better than public schools. I know Ian disagrees entirely. Well, my concern with vouchers is that if you uh, start giving this uh, this taxpayer dollars to government money, basically, to private schools, inevitably it's going to come along with strings. If it doesn't have strings on it, then, well, okay, not so bad. But you know government. They attach strings to their uh, their welfare checks, and which right, means that – People like, you know, uh, upper middle class whatever couple uh, paying for their kids to go to school. What are people that their kids are out of school or they don't have kids? They're still punished somehow. It's – Sure, the whole, system's, yeah, the whole system is <laughs> messed up. I was telling him that, and he kind of disagreed. He still believes, you know, uh, in the common good, the, the betterment of mankind. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's still socialism. Any, you know, any way you put a... Let's benefit the common good. A, I'm fine with benefiting the common good, and you can do that by letting the common people keep all of their money. That would benefit the common good, yeah, don't you think? Yeah, and I just don't think enough people have enough belief in um, the free market and volunteerism that... It'll be the way it used to be. Catholic Church is paying for it, and, yep. you know, people voluntarily. I don't think people want to see kids not going to school. And if they have more money in their pockets to do what they want to, and then You're right. People, they, people just, they, they don't see it because they were raised by the government school system, which teaches you about false concepts like market failure. Oh, the market's going to fail, so we need the government to step in and take care of these critical things like water yeah, and school. I don't, I don't believe in that term, market failure, at all. No, it's it's a, something made up by anti-marketplace uh, economists, uh, people in the, in support of the centralized state. And yeah, because central planning is so much wiser. You know, they make such better decisions. <laughs> Mark, thanks for the call. Really appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Um, Mark, did you want to comment on yeah, that? Yeah. Otherwise, I want to go back to immigration. When you have uh, public schools, you know, another problem with it is, is that government schools. You mean? Okay, government schools. Um, another problem is is that. They teach things that maybe the people that are paying for it, the ones that should be able to decide what's being taught, mm. disagree with. So you have this whole communist system, and that's really what it is. It's taking money away from, um, you know, it's communist redistribution. They're taking money away from everyone and putting it into the school, and then they're doing what they want to do with it. You might have some kind of input here or there. The most you could do is go to a school board meeting and beg them. Right. That's and, all you can do. And the proof that you need, the only proof you need, is where would you rather send your kids? Would you rather send them to a government school or would you rather send them to a private school? Well, but Likely I think the private school's cheaper to run per student. I believe there are some statistics out there that show that most government school teachers send their kids to private school. Why do you think that is? What do they know that you don't? Hmm? 800-259-9231. But real quick, back to immigration. Mm -hmm. um, for anybody just tuning in, I said earlier we should get rid of the Border Patrol. And that also, you know, there's also some other things we should do at the same time. I want to make sure that we cover all the bases on this immigration issue because it's misunderstood. Probably steam coming out of some, some people's ears. So widely. Uh, the immigration issue isn't, it's really all about welfare. It, more than it, more so than anything else. But a lot of people are concerned that these Mexicans are going to come here and take our services. They're going to come here and take our welfare. Well, let's get rid of the welfare, too. So right. let's get rid of the Border Patrol and get rid of the wealth redistribution programs known as welfare. Uh, get rid of the laws that require hospitals to take care of uh, the people that, that, come, that, that come through the doors. The public schools that um, we're, re we're required, every American citizen is required to pay the taxes that pay for these sub public schools that then have to take illegal immigrants or immigrants in general mm -hmm. and educate them. So get rid of the government schools and let the marketplace handle education and let the marketplace handle people moving freely. If you have private property, 
and you live around the border area and you don't want people coming on your property, you put up a fence, okay? And you hire the guards to keep people out. Because then people that believe in freedom, people that want people to come across, will say, it's okay, you can come across my property, just don't litter. You know, don't make it all nasty when you come here. The, um, you know, just because we have tied for ourselves a socialist Gordian knot does not mean that we should shoot Mexicans on the border. Right. That, no, that's not fair. To the Mexicans, to any to any immigrant that's ever built a life here in America, right. and we should solve our socialist Gordian knot in the same way that Alexander solved the the uh, puzzle of the Gordian knot. Take our sword and cleave it in half. There are bad immigrants and there are good immigrants. The bad ones are the ones that want to come here and mooch. The good ones are the ones that want to come here and make a better life for themselves. I want the good immigrants here, and it's the government, it's the government wealth redistribution programs that have encouraged the bad ones to come here. It's not fair to lump them all together. It's not fair to treat them uh, them all badly, to treat them all like they're criminals, because they're not. I don't care what you want to say about them. They're illegal! Well, that's because the laws suck. The laws are awful and onerous and restrictive. The laws don't allow people to come here as they wish. You have to beg bureaucrats for permission. The people that, that claim about, well, they're illegal, the people that claim that stuff, they don't understand the federal immigration laws. I don't understand the federal immigration laws, but at least I've talked to some immigrants, and I, I at least have a grasp on what the requirements are to come here. It's insane. The government res- restrictions and rules and regulations and paperwork fees and paperwork and, and... You need uh, a lawyer to get through it. Thousands of dollars on a lawyer just to get through it. What... Poor immigrant can afford that. The, the bureaucracy is just mind-numbing. And to say, suggest that, that you support that bureaucracy is confusing to me. Because a lot of the people that su- support immigration controls would normally consider themselves small government conservatives. But all of a sudden, they're big government on the immigration issue. Right. They want more. They want their illegal uh, immigrants kicked out of the country, which, of course, means that you need a police state because the police are going to have to go business to business, rummaging through their files, checking the uh, applications of the immigrants there. We've already got businesses in this country that have voluntarily signed on to the government um, worker check program. Dunkin' Donuts is one of them. I'm boycotting Dunkin' Donuts personally they uh, recently posted signs up on their stores that said that you know we hire only legal workers in america which means that they are they are contacting the federal government if you go and apply for a job at dunkin donuts they are contacting the federal government and giving them your social security number and saying run a check on this guy dunkin donuts is often a, a franchise they're requiring all of their franchisees to participate. Thanks for addressing me. And uh, so they're checking everybody against a federal database. This is voluntary for now. And they're one of the thousands of companies that are doing it voluntarily. Soon, this may be a mandate on every American company. Does that make you feel like you live in a free place? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free. Updates are there. Get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. We've got a brand new Shriner on the website. I sent out an update about that yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, so go and take a look-see at that. And you can get signed up for updates uh, at updates.freetalklive.com. That's easy, huh? Updates. FreeTalkLive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about the Second American Revolution, go to FreeStateProject.org. That's FreeStateProject.org. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Talk to Matt in Pennsylvania. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. 
Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? How you doing? Great. What's up? Excellent. Let me just see if I can hear you any better. Oh, outside, okay. We're, we're hearing you fine, so okay, if you just want to go ahead. Yes, hey, sir. listen, I wanted to, what prompted me to call in was because um, you were talking about who may be listening or not, and I hadn't called in before, but I wanted to let you know that the there are definitely people listening via the Internet because I'm one of them. Oh, no, we know people are listening <laughs> via, via the Internet. What you're referring to is last hour we were talking about a, another radio network that is about to go bottoms up after right. only two years in operation. And I, I was just talking about how, you know, if we were only doing Internet broadcasting, our reach would be fairly limited. That's why we do radio broadcasting as well, because we can we can reach a whole different audience. We can reach those people, they're out there, believe it or not, that don't even have the Internet uh, these days. How many stations are? Twenty-seven. The radio world. Uh, Twenty-seven of them. That's great, I, yes. but not in the uh, Philadelphia area yet. Not yet, but you can help change that. If you're a, if you're an internet listener and you want to help us get on in your local area, what you should do is go to local. .freetalklive.com. Read the fact there. Actually, you can go to localfact.freetalklive.com. I'll take you right to that. And that okay. gives you instructions and tips and tricks on how to contact your local uh, your local talk stations and get us on well, the air. Well, that sounds good. I wanted to tell you guys how it was that I. I uh, actually found the network GCN, and then ultimately you guys. Okay, sure. Um, and I do listen most nights of the week to, to Free Talk. Was that there? There was a there's an author, and uh, he's from Philadelphia, and his book is incredible. You guys have to get it. But anyway, he was he was on Medved, like the big syndicated radio show, mm -hmm. and I think it was kind of set up by Medved, but to be like the dunce. But he was arguing with him and saying, challenging him that you know. The GC, that GCN and, you know, those types of shows are going to, because they're telling the truth about liberty and, you know, um, patriotism and our country and where it's headed, like Ron Paul, et cetera. But um, that's how I came. He mentioned GCN, specifically the author. Mm -hmm. The book's The Exile Project, by the way. I'm not familiar with it. Okay. The Exile Project, and it's just mind-boggling. You should get that book or I'll send it to you. But nonetheless, that's all I heard of uh, GCN uh, initially was this author um, arguing with Medved, and he brought up GCN and Alex Jones and things like that. Hmm. And so that led you to Free Talk Live? Yes. In fact, because at work, I, I don't really get a chance during the day because I'm at work, but at night, um, obviously, I can do whatever I want. I have the Internet on and listen to your show uh, most nights. In fact, the other night, um, my wife had some friends over, and some of them are liberal, so I put the speakers of the that's why I asked if you were on regular radio. But anyway, I put the speakers of my computer in the window upstairs and made people, made the whole um, sort of delegation listen to your show <laughs> last week. So. I hope that went okay. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of, you know, raising some eyebrows, but it was, you know. And that brings me to my last point, and sure. it's a question regarding Ron Paul, because, you know, that's how I found out about Ron Paul as well through you guys. And uh, how far, like, you, you talk about the second American Revolution and, and things like that, like, how many of us are there that, that see this need for something like that? And how far are we, are you, you know, all of us willing to go with it? Are we going to go as far as they did in 1775, or are we just all talk? I mean, serious question. It's an excellent question, and thank you for the call. We'll, uh, we'll address it. Um, how, how, how many far? are there? How many and how far? Right. First off, how many people have answered, people answer the question, uh, is the government too big? Just the right size or too small, 70% of people will say too big. Too big. Now, Does that mean they're principled libertarians? It no, absolutely doesn't mean that. But it means they're prospects. It means that they're thinking the right direction. They, they can see that the government makes mistakes in certain areas. If you can show somebody the government is inefficient, largely, 
Mm. You, you've got somebody on your side. So there's a potential audience of millions out mm-hmm. there for this for this message. And remember, um, it was Sam uh, Sam Adams who said that uh, you don't need a majority for a revolution. When you they didn't need, need it a, back then. You only need a loud minority setting brush fires in people's minds, I believe was what the terminology he used. Great descriptive uh, terminology because he's absolutely right. It's really the re- the revolutions that have happened over time have been as a result of some very, very vocal and active minorities. Even in this country, there was only a very small percentage of people that were actually the revolutionaries. Everybody else was sort of spectating. Mm. And a lot of people weren't even courageous enough to take a side, let alone actually do something for that side. So if we can get 5%, man, we've really won a victory. Uh, I don't know. We might be at 1% now. (laughs) Maybe. It's difficult to even know. Yeah, it's true. And it depends on how you define it. It really does. It depends on how you define somebody who's interested. What about all those people out there that call themselves conservatives, but they aren't particularly religious, and they just want to see smaller government? Those people are really libertarians. They they call themselves conservatives. It's true. Um, and there's all kinds of uh, sort of closet libertarians out there. There are those people that are just – they've never done anything in regards to voting. They've never been excited by Republicans or Democrats, mm-hmm. and uh, they just sort of sit it out because why bother? Yeah. Why bother? And they need to hear a message from uh, from a candidate and from a radio show or a TV show that that resonates with them to really uh, wake up and and get active. So there's this sort of dormant phantom voter. Uh, there are these phantom voters out there that they could do something. They could step up and vote. They could uh, take action, but they don't because they've never been interested. Now Ron Paul's a candidate that can interest those sor- sorts of people, like Jesse Ventura did back in Minnesota in the late '90s by getting out and. Jesse Ventura had a pretty libertarian-sounding message in his campaign. He didn't turn out to be much of a libertarian in office, but he had some libertarian themes, and it was those libertarian themes that set him apart from the the, the rest of the pack, and I'm sure the fact that he was a pro wrestler didn't hurt things. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but we've got our own pro wrestlers on our side. We were just at a barbecue over the weekend with uh, with our friend Glenn, who uh, also works for the WWE. Yeah, also, also known as Kane. Uh, Venus. So Val Venus is, is one as well, so who knows, maybe those guys might have a future in, in running for office. But, you know what, I was losing, losing track on where I was going with that. But so, and how far? Uh, how, how far many are you and how far? There? Right, how far are you willing to go? Are we willing to go to violent revolution? Um, I don't want it to get to that point. I'm not, I, I'm not at the point where I'm ready to pick up a, an automatic rifle and go out and fight against the uh, authorities right. against, um, you know, for a freer country. A, I don't think we're going to get it. Um, not only even if you won, I don't think you're going to get a freer country. Yeah, just you're going to have a broken country. You're going to have that, and then somebody's going to step into the void and, and likely be more tyrannical than what we've got now. You can't even as as angering and as irritating as this government can be. Unfortunately, they still have the uh, their cloak of legitimacy, and while they have that cloak of legitimacy, anybody that uses violence against them will be made out by the government and their lapdog media will be made out to be uh, crazy people, and that's not how you want your your you don't, that's not how you want your movement to be perceived. So at this point, even though the government is awful and terrible and tyrannical as it is, it isn't it hasn't really violated the cloak of legitimacy that it has in many people's minds. In most Americans' minds, they're just living their lives. They're not paying attention to what the government's doing. They don't know they've lost habeas corpus. They don't know the Constitution is under assault. And anybody that goes against the government. With violence, we'll be made out to be a crackpot, not to mention cracked down on. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show, you take control. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI, toll-free line for you, that's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. Live streams await. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Two sizes will fit virtually any internet connection, and they're totally free at freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Stefan in Oklahoma. Stefan, you're on Free Talk Live. What's up, dude? Hey, what's on your mind, sir? Hey, uh, I just want to say, man, about your guys' live stream, man. It, it's some awesome quality, uh, the, the broadband version is, anyway. Well, 56 yeah. kilobits per second of uh, mono audio goodness. Yeah, it's, it's great. Anyway, uh, that's how I listen. But anyway, hey, I, I was listening to your guys' uh, Saturday podcast because, unfortunately, I couldn't listen to it live. But uh, uh, you guys were talking about the NAFTA superhighway. Yeah, and, inevitably uh, somebody call will call in about that. I have no reason to bring it up personally, but we we do get oh, calls yeah. about that, yes. Sorry, but... Uh, yeah, Ron Paul actually wrote about this last year, and and one thing, you know, it, it's it's supposedly going to happen, you know, but I, you know, I, I have my doubts as well. But uh, Ron Paul wrote about it, and apparently down in Texas, you know, they're they're having a lot of uh, um, uh, a, a lot of problems. A lot of people are are saying, you know, this eminent domain thing is is you know is just total crap and everything. But but sure. what I what I did notice that is. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of uh, coverage on it this year. Most of the articles I find on the internet are all from like late 2006 or sort of mid 2006. Maybe that's because uh, there's one, nothing happening. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, there was one interesting allegation I read on one site though was that uh, they're actually going to build this uh, this giant customs Mexican customs agency in uh, in uh, Kansas City, and hmm. uh, you know it's called the uh, Kansas City Smart Port, and it's supposed to be like. Are you, I'm sorry. Quick question: Are you on a like a speakerphone at all? Or are you talking? No, no, I'm phone? on my cell phone. It's it's kind of crappy. Okay. Let me I'm go sorry. Outside here. It might sound a little better. But that's that's anyway, okay. Anyway, this uh, this uh, uh, Kansas City Smart Port is supposed to be a huge Mexican, um, uh, or there's supposed to be a big Mexican um, uh, customs agency there. Uh, Why? It's supposed to be like sovereign. I have no idea. I, I can't find any more information on it other than somebody just saying, but. I went to the Kansas City Smartport website, and uh, apparently it's a nonprofit um, uh, sort of organization to bring business into Kansas City, which I think is cool. But uh, the only problem is it not only is it is it uh, uh, privately uh, sponsored, but it's also publicly sponsored. What is so it anyway, exactly? I don't. I don't think I quite understand it. What is? It, well, it's, a, it's it's supposed to be you know this this supposed uh, ten lane highway. It's supposed to be four football fields wide, whatever. It's supposed to go right through Kansas City, and in Kansas City will be a giant inland sort of uh, customs checking area. It's sort of like a checkpoint for all. How bizarre! Seems, seems like a strange place to put a customs. Uh... That's what I'm thinking, you know. But but the Kansas City Smartport, it, it's a real thing. I mean, they have a website and they are planning to do things. Uh, Huh. Whether or not it has anything to do with the SPP is is uh is, is sort of uh you know that's been the whole problem with with all of these rumors yeah. is that the rumors you, you hear things from exactly, people yeah. and then they're backed up by people like Ron Paul with credibility but then yeah. you don't really hear anything else and there's not really I mean there's websites out there like government government websites that sort of indicate that this might be what they're that, that they're working towards yeah but I, I guess they haven't been taking people's land yet because wouldn't you think you'd hear an uproar about that wouldn't yeah, you expect you know, and, 
you're talking about a, a super highway that's four football fields long or wide and, and thousands of miles long, and that's a lot of land they're going to be taking from people. So I, sure. I just really have a hard time believing that this this could actually happen. Well, know? we'll see about that. And, of course, I know yeah. our listeners will keep us up to date with any new oh, yeah. developments on this one, as they should, because it's something that, that the, the, there's all, and it's all tied in with this North American Union concept, which is oh, really yeah. something that needs to be concerning people. I mean, we already have highways, and the eminent domain is, is the, really the issue there. I don't care. Go ahead, build another highway, whatever. Um, you know, and they, they definitely have the incentive to do it, but I'm I mean, I just, you know, like you always say, they're so big. I mean, it's going to take so long to get it done. Sure. And even then, they're going to meet with more resistance uh, than they probably ever have. By, by with the eminent domain thing, absolutely, because eminent domain is a is left a real bad taste in most Americans' oh, yeah. mouths after yeah. the kilo decision. So I think you're right about that. And thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's why I think that you know after the kilo court decision, which basically made it legal for governments around the country to uh, take people's land for private purposes to right. take for anything um, they want at that right point. take your land from you and give it to some politically connected developer. Uh, there have been states and localities across the country that have been forced to, you know, their hands were forced by their angry constituents to pass legislation essentially saying, look, we promise to not do this here. And so and they're pretty much relegated to going back to what uh, local governments have, and state governments have been doing all along, mostly local governments, which is condemning property, let it sit for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then giving it to the, uh, some you know, private organization. So we haven't heard anything actually about anybody's land being taken for this rumored superhighway, and nothing really concrete has happened with this you know, whole North American Union slash Amero concept. It's just sort of floating out there right now. We're anyway. against it. Yeah, no doubt about it. 800-259-9231. More centralization? I'm definitely against that. Let's go to the phones and talk to Kent in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Kent. Hello, Kent. Um, you were talking about the education system a little bit earlier. And as a, a former government education teacher, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, to talk a little bit how there's got to be at the state level in legislation as well as the mentality of uh, state board of educations as well as teachers unions to turn more towards the free market mentality on education. Without that, what we end up with is what's happening in my area where you have villages and cities that continue to expand by annexing more and more property to enlarge their tax base. Mm-hmm. Because it's through the tax base that these organizations get their power over the school system. Now, don't uh, don't people that are in the county that the cities are uh, expanding into, don't those people get to vote whether or not they wish to be annexed? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's other kinds of uh, legislative uh Properties that that make it allowable for school districts to expand without expanding into another village if that village doesn't itself have its own school district. Gotcha. So it's it's almost like it's forced on these smaller communities to have a large, humongous, state-run education system that they are are obligated by law to send their children to. But but what do you think is going to turn this around, though? Their taxes go up because now they're given the services of the school district. Well, you said that you think that the people in the school boards and the the decision-making units should be more free market-oriented, but, I mean, that's never happened, I I don't think, in the history of government schools. They have an incentive to grow the government schools. So what do you think is going to change that? Well, um, 
that's that's a that's a real good question. It's got it's got to start, in my opinion, at the teachers' union level. But unfortunately, where I'm at, uh, teachers' unions are so entrenched in the state school mentality that it's difficult for them to see the opportunities available to them in a free market education system. The good teachers are going to thrive by opening up more and more schools and communities that make it more accessible to the children and families that want to use those services. You, you tend to build more of a community atmosphere by having more local schools. You are co- local you're correct. Schools, and not I'm, necessarily bigger schools that take on this behemoth. Ken, side. I'm with, you know you know we're with you on this, but you said you were a former school teacher, right? Yes, sir. So you were probably in the teachers' union. Yes, I, I was. Uh, was it required to be in the teachers' union? Um, no, that's the interesting thing. You were not required to join the teachers' union. However, you had to pay dues regardless of whether you joined or not. <laughs> what a uh, scam. And, you know, and that comes out of their ability to bargain for you for your salary because the district itself won't negotiate independently with good teachers. That would be another way in order to get free market system involved in education and would be to allow, instead of a teachers' union to negotiate contract and salary schedules, to allow individual teachers themselves to negotiate with the school district based on their performance and ability. My question for you, Kent, was going to be, you know, the demeanor, the attitude, the political belief systems of the uh, the others in the teachers' union. I get the impression they're all a bunch of uh, commies. They are. You're, you're absolutely right, right there. They want to use more and more government power to uh, stretch their reach into what education it's, should be. And it what seems kind of to me... And uh, and thank you for the call, Ken. It seems to me that as far as making changes to the educational structure, as far as marketizing education in this country, that converting the teachers' union members is going to be a real tough process. You're probably better off just running candidates for office and getting them in and, you know, making the changes that way. That'd probably be more effective. But try the outreach and let us know how it goes. It's Free Talk Live. your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231 of the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. Still to come, if we get a chance, uh, we've got the selective service. One of our listeners uh, has gotten his draft card, apparently. Uh, no, I guess that's not the term, draft card. Selective service card. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, 190,000 AK-47s have been sent to Iraq. What do you think happened to them? They've been sent by our military to Iraq for the purposes of, I don't know, giving them to the Iraqi security police. They've disappeared. We'll explore that here in a little while. Uh, Also, a personal problem for one of our listeners, 800-259-9231. But first, to the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Rick in Maine. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your mind, Rick? Um, Well, I want to talk about the Iran-U.S. relations. Okay, Okay, sure. And do you think the U.S. should do it? Do what? Yeah. Thanks for the call. Wow, you know, okay. <laughs> you could have had something there, man. You could have. These poor guys, they just don't understand. Are there some books that we could recommend to the crankers? Like, the next time, because my concern is, Mark, that the crankers aren't actually listening to the show. Like, they'll call the show and then not listen afterwards. Though, anytime I crank, ever ever have cranked a radio show, I always li- listen afterwards to see what the, the guys say. Sure. But, I mean, we've been trying to impart some wisdom to them as to how to, to make their calls a little bit better. Um, and they don't seem to have really absorbed much of it. So I'm wondering, maybe they aren't even listening. Maybe There's all just... kinds of 
crank uh, examples of uh, crank calls out there. You can listen to on the internet. What was that one? Something knockers. I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. oh fart knockers. I don't know. I don't remember. There was there was some <laughs> television show where they used puppets. Crank yankers. Crank. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty funny show. I saw a couple episodes of that. Yeah, it was, it was okay. Uh, but I was just thinking maybe if there's like a cranker book out there that we can point them to. That way, the next time they call in and we recognize their voices like we usually do, I will say, look, hey, here's a book. Go read it and then come back to us. Thanks, uh, anyway, for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's try Ed in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Ed. Ed in Montana. Hello? Hey. Hi, Ed. You're on the air. What's on your I, mind? Well, yeah, I just, uh, I was listening to your show. I'm a first-time caller. I, I listen a long time, and uh, I, I listen to that guy in uh, Missouri and stuff and was wondering about that checkpoint he's talking about and everything, and all you got to do is get out a map of the United States and take a look at at this proposed highway going through, and, and that that would be the east-west hub, but it's got to continue straight up into Canada. And I see no other route than to take it straight up through Montana. And, and I can't find anything on the major news or anything I look at other than searching other sources to find any other information about this. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there's rumors all over the Internet, and there are some occasional mentions on mainstream media. Uh, for instance, I saw a clip from some money show, you know, on like CNBC, one of those business money-only channels, where right. the guys were talking about this new concept of the Amero, this concept of this uh, sort of centralized new currency that's going to tie all three countries together. And, and they were talking about it in sort of this mainstream media venue. And then, of course, you got Ron Paul, who has... Uh, has has revealed some of these plans for this North American Right, he's Union. a U.S. representative. That's pretty credible. You'd think that he's tied in. And then there are some government websites you can go to, like SPP.gov, the Security and Prosperity Partnership, as they call it, uh, which is, again, supposedly like the front group for this North American Union concept. But you're right. It's neither going to give uh, the, American, the average American citizen security nor prosperity. It's probably going to give the politicians and, and the wealthy elite security and prosperity. But, you know, that's who it's... Meant to protect anyway. But beyond those examples, there's, you're absolutely right. There's nothing else out there to, uh, to point to any of this being something that's in the works. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this information from truckers. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard about it from truckers, I, too. Yeah, they, they tell me about it and stuff. And everybody thinks they're just a bunch of dumb, hick, uh, idiot truck drivers and stuff. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. A lot of truckers are really intelligent guys. Uh, that's they certainly are. not a they're fair some stereotype. They're the drivers in the world. Sure they are. You've, you've got a trucker to thank if you're eating something uh, that you bought at the you grocery bet. store. Here in Montana, all our stuff comes up. All our gas, all our groceries, brought in by truck. They're the lifeblood of the uh, of the American economy. They really well, they are. are. But I want to know more about this darn highway and stuff, and why it's so dang secretive. Well, all scary. I can say is, you know, poke around the Internet, see what you can find, take it all with a grain of salt. I mean, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, even what the mainstream media says. Um, but, you know, at this point, we're going to continue to bring you any information we find out about it. And truckers can be misled, too. You know, I mean, just because just a bunch of truckers are saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It just might, well, it just might mean that they've read the same... Well, take a look at the map of the United States and take a look at Montana, the only state that borders three Canadian provinces. Yeah. And this thing comes up straight from straight down from Alberta through the middle of Montana, through Shelby on I-15, straight down through Wyoming. Not a lot of big metropolitan areas where a lot of people are going to give up a, a big stink about it and stuff. And 
That might not be the case, but, you know, building a road from Mexico to Canada is going to make it so inevitably someone is going to give up a stink uh, who's going to have their land confiscated by the federal government. And until that happens, they can't get started. Until they start taking people's land, there's no way a road's going to get built, and we haven't heard anything about anyone's land being taken yet. So as of this, as of this point, it's a concept in somebody's mind. Somebody slipped it out on the Internet, and now a lot of people are aware of it. Um, what that means for its future, I don't know. Maybe it means they'll shelve it maybe it means it won't happen maybe it means that it will and we'll you know we'll bring it to you as we learn more do you have any other thoughts ed oh that's about it i i appreciate you guys insight and uh the information you're bringing out and uh, i appreciate it now hold on ed um before you go i've got a question what uh-huh. in, in the unlikely event that they uh manage to pay for this land uh you know voluntarily from people they don't they don't take it through eminent domain. Now, this in Mark's fantasy world. Extraordinary, unlikely event, because as soon as people figured out that they were going to build this highway, they would start pricing their land so high that it would be prohibitive for the government to do do such a thing. But if they did buy it, would you support it then? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. There are more cows in this state than there are people. Uh-huh. It's probably the same in Wyoming. And the roads are already built. It's a straight line coming up. There's no imminent domain. It's already owned. The highway is there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a lot of people with an uproar. We get big forest fires up here like we're having now. Very seldom does it get in the national news because there's not even a million people in the state of Montana. Are you saying that they're, that they're going to expand existing roads? You bet. Mm. Why not? It's, it's already going straight north and south. I see where you're coming from. Hmm. That would make uh-huh. it a little easier for to them take, to slide through. They're going to have to take somebody's land, though. I mean, there's not a road going. Well, is there, is the, there already a road going straight from Mexico to Canada? Uh, there are. Get, the a Pan- ma- get out a map and take a look at it. The, the Pan American Highway does go, and I don't know where it goes. And how much? Through, I mean, if, but, if this is going to be four football fields wide, as some people are claiming, which sounds awfully big, right? They don't have a right of way that wide, right? Yeah. Oh, how much? Oh, go ahead. You ever driven that road and looked east and west? All you see is antelope. I understand that, but somebody owns that land. It's not all government land, is it? Well, farmers and ranchers are always willing to sell out their land if they can make a profit. Yeah, but there are plenty of farmers and ranchers that are also pretty, uh, you know, pro-America-minded, and they might not necessarily like the idea of a... Uh, they're getting paid right now not to grow crops. Whose side do you think they're going to go to? Touche. Well said, sir. You got me on that one. Thank you for the call. Certainly appreciate it. He's talking about the uh, the farm subsidies out there, basically getting the... the uh, the allegiance of the of the various farmers out there. So, it, you know what? He approaches it from an interesting perspective, and considering the information he has imparted, um, you know, maybe they won't have to take too much land. Maybe there won't be a lot of eminent domain involved here. I don't know. I and don't either. Apparently, nobody knows much of anything. There's rumors flying around the internet. People calling into Free Talk Live. There's truckers out there passing the word around uh, on the CB radio. Because they're the only ones that use it anymore. But (laughs) anyway, we'll let you know as we know more. 800-259-9231. The selective service, Mark. Uh, According to one of our listeners, he has gotten his selective service card. He's, was he 18? He's 18. Thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah, You're supposed to get that when you're 17, aren't you? Maybe he's 17. Well, whatever. They sent it to him. Maybe they were late sending it to him. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and, of course, it's kind of a scary thing when you're a young man and you get your selective service card for the first uh, – right there. Uh, it's got a thread on it that says if you don't send this card in, then we could possibly put you in federal prison and you could possibly pay a $250,000 fine. Now, my question on that has always been, look, if they know to send me the card, why do I have to fill it out? 
It is must. It, is it my voluntary assent to be drafted? That's something. Yeah, I think it's it's something like that. I don't know exactly what you're consenting to. I haven't read the card. And have you in er- a ever 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 heard of anyone going to jail or getting fined for not sending that in? Uh, never. Though I did see something. He posted a thread over at uh, the Free Talk Live BBS where someone, I guess, had done some analysis, and they've I think prosecuted eight people in the past couple decades on that. Hmm. So apparently it has happened, but there are millions of people that don't send the cards in. So very strange. Y- you're probably safe. Uh, the real the real scare uh, scare tactic is that you won't be able to get federal benefits. Is that they say, well, you won't be able to you know get a federal job if you don't uh, send this card in. And for people that want a federal job, I guess that's a big deal. I don't think our listeners are really too keen on that sort of work. But 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the draft coming up here, because that's the real issue. The selective service cards, they're an annoyance. The draft, that's a real problem. Hour three's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. We're rolling into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website we give away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. We finished out last hour uh, starting a topic about the selective service, which is also really a topic about the draft. One of our listeners, who is 17, just turning 18, something like that, was uh, recently sent his selective service card. And inevitably, he's wondering if he should bother filling it out. Uh, Because it doesn't appear that the selective service really tends to do anything with the people that don't fill out the cards. There have been just a handful of people that have been prosecuted over the years for this. And, I mean, I'm talking about over decades, apparently. So, is it safe to not fill out the selective service card? Maybe. Um, do, should you fill it out? I wish that I had had. Uh, I wish that I had known what I know today when I was 17. Because if I had known what I know today, I wouldn't have done it. But I did do it because I was scared. And there's good reason to be scared. They make threats on this thing. They threaten you with uh, a multi hundred thousand dollar fines. They threaten you with five years in jail, federal prison, and uh, as well as a, as a few other things. Right. It it seems like a really disproportionate punishment that they're threatening for not filling out this card and giving it back. And I don't know why that is, why they choose to do that. But, you know, if I don't fill out this card, you're going to give me a $250,000 fine? Why? What, what is it about this card that you need to get back? I mean, you knew enough to, the government knew enough to send me the card. Right. Why do they have to have me fill it out and send it back? What am I assenting to? Also, um, it says here on their website, sss.gov. It says here that all male U.S. citizens and males living in the U- uh, male aliens living in the U.S. who are 18 through 25 are required to register with the Selective Service. Really? Well, how was that requirement created? How was the obligation to fill out your little form created upon me? Right. Hmm? At what point did I consent to this particular agreement? 
How is it I'm required? I mean, maybe that would be okay to, to write them back and, and ask them a few questions. You know, how was the obligation created upon me um, as a brand new adult in America to take part in this program? Especially considering that I'm against the draft, that I'm not interested in military service, and I certainly won't serve even if you want me to. Because I, I would presume that many of the people that don't sign the Selective Service card are not also are also not in favor of the draft. Right? At because, least not in favor of them going in for the draft. Because that's what the selective service is in existence for. You might ask yourself, well, they ended the draft back in the 70s. so Then the question is, Beg, why do we still have the selective service, and why do you still have to fill out a card? Well, the reason why is because, A, they don't like getting rid of government bureaucracies, but, B, they might bring back the draft. This organization, the selective service, exists to reinstitute institute the draft. They exist to handle the draft procedures should the draft be reinstituted. Should the federal government flip the switch back on for the draft, the Selective Service is supposed to be at the ready with a whole list, a database full of draftable individuals in this country that they can go and send their draft, uh, draft cards to. Mm. That's what this organization exists for. And so if you are against the draft... As far as I'm concerned, that's a despicable uh, reason for its existence. Right. Um, it's, yeah, it's absolutely an anti-freedom organization. Of course, it's the government. The government tends to be anti-freedom. But the draft is one of the most anti-freedom things the government can do because it's acts absolutely plucking people out of their productive lives with, uh, the, you know, they've got jobs. They're producing products and services in the marketplace, in the economy. They're, uh, they're a valuable um, person in the economy. And the draft just sucks them right out and puts them on a battlefield somewhere so they can die. Uh, I mean, it's just it's slavery. That's what the draft is. Right. It's uh, it's an awful thing, and it, it it needs to be opposed. And I hope our listener has enough courage to either not sign the card or perhaps send it back with the, or send a letter back asking them questions about obligations and how they were created, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd be happy to sign your card if you can prove to me how an obligation was created that I uh, that I sign it. You know, or how the obligation was created upon me to sign this card. If you are indeed claiming I'm required to, where was the requirement created? Right, and really, what's the signature? If if I'm in required to sign something by the government, by the force of law, what good is my signature? It was gained under coercion. Well, well that, that's also maybe another option you can consider. Uh, there are a lot of people who suggest writing under duress underneath something that you were coerced into signing. If indeed they're saying they're going to put you in a jail cell if you don't sign this piece of paper, and all you have to do is sign the piece of paper to not get put in a jail cell, perhaps you should consider writing under duress underneath your name. Or all rights reserved under duress, something like that. All rights reserved is kind of confusing. Under duress yeah. is pretty clear what pretty you're clear. saying. Yeah. So, so th- consider that as an option as well. And, uh, of course, we've seen indicators pointing to uh, the draft, maybe. The, the winds have been blowing for a draft. The, uh, the military is sort of running dry on its recruits. The Army has been missing its recruiting goals uh, several months in a row. Years of, they've, been, they've been missing their recruiting goals here and there uh, throughout time. Mm-hmm. They have to keep... For the Army. Right. They have to keep upping the ante. They have to keep upping the bonuses and all of that. And they're, they're having trouble retaining people. They're having trouble recruiting new people. And you've got a uh, neoconservative government that wants to continue uh, invading countries around the world. They're going to run out of troops sometime. And it doesn't seem like they're pulling them out of any of the 130 nations that they currently occupy. I mean, that would be one way to get some extra troops is, you know, pull them out of Korea and the other places that they're currently occupying. Okinawa, Germany. But they aren't doing that. They want to expand the bureaucracy. They want more troops. And in order to do that, eventually they're going to have to rely on a draft. I don't want my name in that running. No, thank you. 
you know, that's how government works. Government just gets bigger and bigger, and it doesn't matter whether that government is a uh, is the post office. It doesn't matter if it's you know your local uh, social welfare program. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the military. It's all bureaucracy, and it's all bureaucrats, and they all want to have more people under their little purview. Yeah. So let us know what happens with that. Let's go to the phones uh, to an international call, Germany, and it is Marco. Hello, Marco. You're on Free Talk Live. Marco in Germany? Marco going once? He just dropped. Oh, those darn international calls. They're so unreliable. Let's go to Dean in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dean. Dean's gone, too. Dean's gone, too. We're striking out here. All right, so in that case, let's go unscreen to the amplifier line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. This is the Christian Anarchist. Hello, Gene, calling from Tennessee. What's on your mind? Wanted to talk about the draft. Sure. Because it, it, it seems to me that they cue those notices on your social security number. How else would they know where you are and and what your age is? Well, they could get the information from your school, the government high school that you're going to, but yes, the social security number is definitely uh, definitely the major factor. As I've mentioned before, my son, I never got him a social security number, and he's 13 now. Mm-hmm. So five more years, I guess we'll find out if they're going to send him a... a uh, notification to register for the draft. Well, I don't imagine your son's attending government school, is he? No, he's not. Okay, so then I can't imagine any possible way they would ever send him a, dra- a, uh, a selective service card. And I wonder if they have a violation for that as well, that even if you weren't, even, even if you didn't have a Social Security number and they didn't send you an, a notice, I wonder if they still say that you're supposed to register. That you should have known, that you should have known yeah. uh, because ignorance of the law is no excuse and all that malarkey? Yeah, that, that's entirely possible you know they're going to plan it whatever way they want but i'm just wondering if there's a way around this system by not having a social security number and i think that it might just might do it and also of course never applying for federal benefits that's the other thing that you can't do you're right right and who wants them (laughs) i certainly don't i don't want any part of the federal government whether it's a benefit or or a liability i have no interest in them I presume that if your son, for some reason, does get sent a draft card, you uh, would encourage him to not fill it out? I would encourage him to not fill it out. That is correct. And, uh, of course, you'd support him in the in the event that they did actually come uh, come after him, which seems to be fairly unlikely. I think it would be very small uh, chance that they would do that. It's just like the income tax, where they only prosecute just a handful every year to try and make an example of people. Exactly right. Gene, any other thoughts? Um... I would like to see uh, an update on Ed Brown, how, what he's doing. That's a great question. I'll uh, I'll check into that maybe uh, during one of the breaks here and, and see if there's anything going on. Usually if there's something going on, uh, there's an Ed Brown thread on nhfree.com. It's something like 300-plus pages of posts, and the biggest, can, biggest thread of all time. Uh, can we get him on? Yeah. Possibly. Um, we've had him on the show in the past. Gene, thanks for the call and the suggestion. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. If there's nothing going on, then what's the reason to have him on the show? We already had him on the show. There's nothing developing. There's nothing happening. It's a standoff. It's a stalemate at this point. Well, likely we won't have to have, be able to get him on after the stalemate. Or on the way, this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Single CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 250,000 posts. We've got 
So much to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed 24 hours a day, totally free, at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. Sankle CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for Sankle CAI. Let's go to the phones. To Kansas City, listening on KCXL, it's Steve. Hello, Steve. Steve, you're on Free Talk Hello. Live. Hey there. Can you hear me okay? Gotcha. What's on your mind? Uh, a lot. Too much always. But uh, uh, for one thing, uh, people... Uh, got to do their homework because you're only as good as your research okay and i look at a lot of different uh areas uh, uh for my research and another thing that's important to all this is sharing information people uh, organizations can't be afraid to share websites because only together in strength will america survive so sharing information is vital because then you get more people on your side and they can study it out for themselves and have their own testimony and uh, well we're we're all in support of uh, of information here it is the information age uh, thank goodness uh, for the internet and free talk live is a part of all that so so what have you had what do you have to share tonight sir i i have acquired a map of uh, one thing i make uh, i make deliveries in a truck to richard gebauer out there in uh, belton um, most people don't know where that is i don't know who richard gebauer is either yeah, you, okay, it's what you've been talking about all tonight. The SPP. Ah, you're uh, talking about the, uh, the the Trans American Highway they're proposing to build. Yeah, the name of the port. Uh, what, what's that port? I can't even think of it now. The, the terminology we're using in Kansas City, though, they're going to bring all the trucks from. Uh, it's a bypass, I think, also for China. China, instead of coming through the ports, they're going to go down to Mexico and pump all the goods through Mexico and truck them up here. I believe every bit that that is going to happen. How it happens is not important, but I believe that it is going to happen from based on my research and, and people I've talked to, other truckers and just people in government, former government agents, uh, er, er, all the information I've collected. Well, I don't and, really and know. The, I, I mean, uh, personally, I don't care if goods come in and leave this country. That's trade, and I have no problem with that. Um, my real concern, area of concern, is this concept of the North American Union where... That's what I was going to say next. That's the Second, that's the other aspect of this whole thing. It's not just goods. It is – they know that that's where they're going. And so they, they're going to establish this and slowly cook this frog or just slowly blend everything together until they've, they've got exactly what has already been put on the books. They've already met the Canadian prime minister – president of mexico and you know that's what all that's about you know and they, they know what they're they're going for and that's what i was going to get to is i i've acquired a map it was made in 1944-45 it shows and this relates to bible prophecy how the earth is divided into 10 regions all this regional regionalization like we have signs up here in kansas city where it says think one you know and it's got 50 communities and then uh, slow down a second region. here. Now everything's uh, being regionalized. The whole you're a, you're a Bible guy, is that right? You're a Bible guy. Well, big time. I study with the smartest man on earth, and we sit there and interpret Bible prophecy all the time. 
And so, so what are you that, saying now? Uh, now, I as an atheist, I you know don't know too much about this whole Bible thing. I, I was a Christian at one time in my life, but I've you know flushed all that since then. Mark here, uh, my other co-host, is a uh, believer in uh, a God, but not necessarily in the biblical God, right, Mark? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So, what prophecy are you talking about here, and and uh, and how does it t- how does a, a road going okay, from Mexico to it is where it talks about. Um, the beast coming up, and uh, I, if I if I could look up the scripture, you could look it up online. There's scriptures available online, but it talks about um, 13 horns, and then three of them being subdued, leaving 10. And it says that, that each the kings spend one hour with the beast and gain their power. And I believe that it's uh, like Jack Van Impey would talk about. Uh, Europe being the the 13 um, kings, and that's not true. It's the whole globe that's going to have... So you sort of like a biblical numerologist as well at the same time? I'm sorry? Are you sort of into numerology as well? Do numbers mean something to you? nothing really to do with it uh, I do look at numerology I look at everything what is it that makes I, you think I mean I don't want to be I don't want to sound too callous but I'm kind of callous to this whole religion thing so just bear with this me has, this isn't a personal shot against you okay sharing this isn't a personal shot against you Steve I just trying to I'm just trying to understand why it is that somebody would think that an old book written uh, hundreds of years ago has any sort of bearing uh, has any sort of prophetic ability when there's never ever been any sort of proof that anyone has any psychic ability uh, ever I mean it's just it's just not the case there's no superpowers to see the future there's no claim that the book was uh, written by psychic ability. I mean, it's a book, and it does require faith, and um, it's something that you know you you make up your mind, you you take it or or you leave it. Do you believe in? I, in I think a lot of it has has come to pass already. Do you it's believe in, in predetermination, or do you believe in predestination and fate, if you will? No, no, I believe that God knows what you're going to choose, but He doesn't choose it for you. Now, if God created time, and how can he create how can he give you the option of choosing if he exists outside of time and he created time he created time uh for for our our purposes and for his but uh he doesn't he's not dependent on it uh einstein uh proved all that it's relative it's, oh i'm not uh, saying that god's dependent dependent or not dependent on time i'm asking you how do you have a choice if god created all of time in an instant pow this is the existence, this is how things are going to turn out, um, how do, is it that you have a choice? And if he knows how you're going to choose. Right. I mean, then then he had to, uh, you know... Uh, arc, uh, just because he knows doesn't mean that he's controlling that no choice. No one suggested it was control per se, but you're also saying that if he knows what you're going to choose, then you are indeed predestined to choose it. Even if you're saying he didn't select that choice for you, there's some sort of predestined plan that maybe one of his little minions created for you. Is that what happened? No, I don't believe that. Well, um, it really is all you, about what you so, believe. But, but isn't you it? are since since time is existent right now. The, that, time that is encapsulated and it's whole. Time exists completely right now. All, you know what is going to happen, what happened in the beginning, and what is going to happen all the way to the end of time exists right now. So you are in fact predetermined, right? I don't agree with that. That you're uh, predetermined. Uh, but I'm just. That, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that you well, have no, choice, but I'm no, saying, no, how no, can no, you have choice no, if time exists already? He didn't hear you. Mark. The, those those are one of the, the 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 great things unknown that tries your faith, and you have it doesn't to, try mine. You have to see that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't see, have faith. See, this is one of the problems yeah. here that that occurs for me. Is at the end of time. Hold on just a second. Is the end of time? Um, God's going to sit in judgment over me, and I'm going to be like, look, I did my very best with my brain to figure this out, God, and. I, I don't see how I have choice, and if I don't have choice, what difference does it Which make? Which means that I didn't have the choice to become an atheist, that that was predetermined for me, apparently. Very interesting. Fascinating. Thank you for the call, Steve. 800-259-9231. Which, if I didn't have the choice, that means that I've been predetermined to go to hell, right? By all of these religious people's beliefs? That's why I don't believe in hell. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, your show, you take control, toll free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll free line, that's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. In fact, uh, Lori is our newest Shriner. You can see her right there on the front page of the site, freetalklive.com. Calm, the Shrine of Female Listeners. 800-259-9231. We just got off the phone with Steve uh, listening in Kansas City, who was... You know, I, I kind of feel sorry for, for people like Steve. Um, Why you, is that? You can believe what you want to believe, okay? I, 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 that's fine with me. It, it's your business. If you want to believe in some old book written hundreds of years ago by men, if you want to believe... Lots that, of people do believe the Bible is God's I Word. I know. A lot of people believe it. I think uh, that number is getting a little smaller over time, which I, I think is good news. But, the, you know, if you want to believe this sort of man-created fantasy and believe that uh, it's important to your life and all that, then that's fine. You can spend your life however you want. But why spend your life obsessing over things like numbers and Are you talking about the, the beast of the north has ten horns, but if you take away three by that the, the king has designated and you multiply that times the height of the Great Pyramid <laughs> and divide by the number of the years of the reign of the Emperor of Tiberius, you get the eighth and twelfth digits of pi? Yeah, that sort of crap. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? You, why are you spending your time on all this I stuff? Don't, it seems like some of these Christians, they want... The world to end. It's I, like they want this uh, the rapture or whatever. They're ready for it. Give it to me, God. I've got the numerology to prove that the end times are near. And, of course, they've always been saying the end times are near. The, Paul said saying, that the end times were near in the Bible itself. <laughs> I mean, that was 2,000 years ago, nearly. Right. And uh, the end times haven't Spoken come yet. Spoken by a guy you know, who never hey, met Jesus. You know what? There was a woman on the side of the road. I don't know if you were here. Were you? I don't know. Were we driving together? No, I think it was with Julia at the time. There was a woman here in the town that we are that was holding a sign um, right, every day end, for a long time. The end the, was going to come on like... She the, had a date. The 23rd of June or something like that. And I'm sure like that. that she did some math and you know yeah. used some biblical numbers and really, really believed it. But the Bible's pretty clear for people that that are doing these, this kind of numerology, that nobody knows when God's coming, Jesus is going to return. Nobody does. Yeah, so well, don't bother with it. Of course they don't know, because the whole thing's a fantasy. Well, it's, it, <laughs> the Bible's a great uh, guidebook for how to live, 
And beyond I that, guess, people, except if you, you know, if you take it all literally and you think that you should stone certain people for certain things that they've done and uh, have sex with their daughters in the case with uh, some of the things that they do. I mean, there's all kinds of things you shouldn't be doing that the Bible says to do. I'll so, uh, no, I don't know if I agree that it's necessarily a guide. It has some some good bits of information well, in it. We'll run back to the uh, New Testament once you uh, start, uh, you know, revealing some problems with the Old Testament. <laughs> then why do we include it? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, it is a book that has some valuable information, but uh, so do a lot of other books out there written more recently. And anyway, and besides, morality, for the sake of morality, works. Your life will be better and work well if you're moral, period. Yes, I'm an atheist, and I can be a moral person, too, believe it or not. 800-259-9231, so if you want to call in and... Regale us with your numerology crackpottery. You're welcome to do so or bring up whatever you want. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's uh, up? I just wanted to make a comment about this guy who had called um, talking about revelations. Yes. And I wanted to make the observation that many historians uh, believe that revelations was talking about what was going on 2,000 years ago and was not forecasting the future at all. Right. A lot of people do believe that, in fact, that uh, Paul, and and that it, it may very well have been a different Paul entirely. Is it, no, John, excuse me. It may have been a different John entirely that wrote um, Revelations. Uh, wasn't referring to anything in the future, but was referring to politics at, his, at the time that he was on Patmos. Right, and he was writing in code so that he wouldn't be discovered because... Kind of like today, if you say the wrong thing in print, somebody will come along and kill you. Yeah, but, it could um, happen. Not so much yeah. today, but more so then. Well, it was a lot. It was a lot more uh, open then, and um, certainly, I'm not suggesting that that people are dying. But there have been in Russia um, a few recently, a few uh, journalists who have died in mysterious manners. Mm, yeah, some have been outright killed have been shot. Um, so it still does happen today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing I wanted to say about just forecasting in general is when you speak in very broad terms and you're saying, I'm predicting the future, um, if you do it correctly, you could make any situation look like, oh, look at that, he predicted the future. Sure. That's the more, why, uh, the more vague you worked. are, the better uh, you know, the better accuracy you'll have. Right. Uh, Nostradamus was great at doing that. When this star and that star align, then um, this giant toad will fall on this <laughs> uh, small fly, and the small fly will... Uh, yeah. Gone. Nost- Nostradamus right. had a whole bunch of stuff he wrote down. The ramblings of a madman. Very few of them can be pointed out. To, uh, you know, you could even scramble the letters and and turn it into something uh, usable. Yeah, I, it's I just think rambling. he was quite smart at, at doing that. I mean, he was able to do it and make it look like, um, hey, look at that. He was predicting the future. So. Sure, and it's easy to to point out the things you might have come close on, that sort of thing, and and push to the wayside uh, the, the all of the mistakes that you've made and all of the uh, the mis uh, the, you know the the missteps uh, the the mispredictions that you made. It's it's if, a lot easier to do that. If you turn out, if you put on a blindfold and you throw enough darts in different directions, you're going to hit the dartboard. There you go, Matt. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The sickle C A I line for you. I predict, Mark. 
that we are going to have more phone calls before the night is over. Likely. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just it's just pure fantasy. And if you want to go on believing in fantasy, then that's your business. But I actually saw a movie recently, Mark, that I uh, wanted to to recommend at least the first half an hour. Um, Zeitgeist is what is what it is called. Okay. And it's it's sort of like three movies rolled into one. There's uh, the first half an hour, which is brilliant. The second uh, part of the movie is just more kind of 9-11 conspiracy stuff, sort of the same old, same old, repackaged and rehashed. And then the third part is uh, the sort of the bankers, the, the the story of the bankers. The Bilderbergers. Which, again, is pretty is pretty accurate and, and, and worth and believable. Uh, but the first third of the movie was really uh, incredible. What the guy did was he sort of really lashed out at a, at a good portion of his target audience because a lot of the people sort of that watch these conspiracy movies, you might be able to label as Christians. Okay? That's just a, a general label I'm going to put on them because there's just a lot of Christians in America, right? Right. And uh, and I, I hope that we don't sound like we're lashing out at Christians. I, no. I just think that there's some, um, you know, some issues with... Biblical stuff, the understanding thereof. We've got a lot of Christians in the audience. That listen I've struggled to, with it all my life. I have looked at these things. I have studied on it. I went to Christian camp. You know, I was a Christian for a while. Did you wash dishes at a Christian camp ever, Mark, in your life? Don't I'm sure me. that I have washed dishes at one of the churches or another that I taught Sunday school at or went to or okay. those kind of things. Um, but this Maybe, part you don't was, want to pull out your Christian pedigree on this me. part of the uh, the movie was brilliant. He spent a half an hour just debunking Christianity. Just, okay. I mean, right out front of the movie, just knocking it out. And he did it so well. And the way he did it was he looked at religions of the past and looked at all the similarities between these sort of religious icons. Are you talking about Zoroastrianism? To, to the sun, right? Uh-huh. Um, basically, he pointed out that Christianity is nothing more than a repackaging of the sun god. Basically, they took the concept of... The sun being the god, and they brought the sun down to earth, turned it into Jesus, and all of the other things surrounding the Jesus are pretty much the same as the the, uh, the things in the sun god religion. So is he saying that Jesus didn't exist? He's He made that uh, suggestion in, mm. in his film. I've heard people say that. It doesn't seem likely to me. Well, there might have been some guy named Jesus. I don't know, but... Either way, he pointed out just some stunning, stunning similarities between the the, um, the Jesus religion and virtually all of the religions that came before it. That it's all based out of astrology, it's all based on the stars and the sun, and that it's just, it'll wow you. Especially if you're a Christian, you really owe it to yourself to challenge your belief system and watch the first 30 minutes of a film called Zeitgeist. You can see it on the internet? It's online at zeitgeistmovie.com. It's free. Um, I, was, I was blown away. As an atheist, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control even in these remaining moments. Toll free at 800-259-9231. Bring up what you want on the SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go and vote for us in the podcast awards. It's done once a year. We've won it two years in a row. The two years they've had it up until this year, we've won them both. And uh, we can win again 
We're in the political category this year, as we were last year. The competition is much hotter this year. There's a lot more shows competing for the uh, the award, mm-hmm. so we need you more than ever. Go to podcastawards.com, scroll down, find the political category, vote for Free Talk Live. You can do it today, and you can do it once a day all the way through August 11th, so there's only five more days left. We really need your help with this. Uh, podcastawards.com. Scroll down to the political category. Vote for Free Talk Live. It makes a big difference for us because us having that award is uh, it helps you selling the show, Mark. It makes us uh, you know seem more important, that sort of thing. Like oh, well, won an award, got an be a award. Good show. Um, so anyway, podcastawards.com. Vote for Free Talk Live. Let's go to the phones and to the fun and talk to Tom in Salinas, listening on. Uh, K- <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, KSCO. Tom, listening on KSCO. Okay, I'm a first-time caller, and this is exciting. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I was just wondering, uh, what do you think we owe our country? We owe our country? I don't think we owe our country anything. Um, that's sort of like a collectivist concept, don't like you think? Me too. Don't you think that's sort of like a collectivist-sounding concept? Okay, you want all your rights, but you don't want any duty, don't you? What do you mean by that, sir? You don't want to do anything for the country. You just want to do whatever you want for yourself. Wait, now, do you mean the country or the government? The government, I guess. Right. See, I I don't want to have anything to do with the government. It sounds like you're running our country down. No, no, no. I love America. I love freedom and liberty and the concepts this country was founded on. What I don't love is what the government has done to it, sir. What do you do for it? I produce a uh, radio show for people to listen to. About in your liberty radio freedom. show, it's like you down everything. You down the government. You down God. You down everything that I. You like shows that well, bring down people. Um, actually, I'm just talking about my belief system, and here you are on the radio talking about your belief system. Um, yeah, if you love the you government, know, just, then I mean, are you a government lover, sir? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, so are you, do you object to us uh, downing the government then? I object to you down in God. You guys, uh, you know, it's like it's okay to be an atheist, but you don't have to knock everybody else that believes in God. Well, the religious think, guy. Hold on, hold on just show, a second. Sir. I've been, I have been very good at moderating um, this, and I don't think we've taken any shots at Christians. You haven't. Not a single one. No. I mean, well, I, I said have, it's kind of silly to believe. Uh, I have fantasy. pointed pointed out very clearly some problems with believing in predestination. Well, just the fact that you said the Bible is just a bunch of hooey. Well, that's my personal belief system, and uh, okay, you know, well, it's, still it's like, an old uh, book, sir, written by men. And, and you know, I you also, want to take it personally. That's on, your just business. A just a second. Wait, how could you not take it personally? Hold on, just a second. Did I not say that the Bible was a good way to live your life? Uh, not really. You said go with your personal beliefs. What? And, I didn't say anything that. like that. I said that the Bible was a good roadmap on how to live your life. It's, it's okay. He's did only you just jump in? The... Did you just jump in in the middle of the um, the, the segment last hour or um, the last segment? Uh, no, I, I've listened to the whole thing. Then you are selectively listening, sir, because I have been very very clear that the Bible is a good moral compass. I have no problem with people being religious. You can believe in the Bible, believe in uh, the Torah, the Quran, whatever the heck you want to believe in. That's your business. But you, you want to? Said it was a bunch of hooey. Well, it's well, fantasy, hold on to just sir. a second. I mean, I mean that, you me, can if see somebody believes in something, and it's you know it's very important to them. Why do you down that? Why don't you just say, well, that's nice that you you believe that. If you thought that somebody, like if an adult believed in the the uh, in Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy, would you keep that to yourself? Uh, okay. Well, the fact that you that you believe that there is no God is the same that the fact that I believe there is a God. 
Oh, uh, Tom, you're talking so, to somebody so, who does believe there's a God. Tom, Tom there are two people on the show. Tom, there's two people on the show. I believe in a God. I don't. You're trying to process that, Tom? You okay? Well, I'm okay. I'm listening, but it's it's like... Uh... Tom? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm Tom. I'm in trouble. I know you are. It's okay. Thank you, brother. Look, we appreciate you calling. We appreciate you listening. And And thanks for clearing it up. You know, the fact is, I do believe that the Bible is a good moral compass, and it's a way to... uh, Except for all the immoral, terrible things that are in it. What are you talking about? Like stoning people. Well, come on. Um, Nobody stones anybody, and, you know, mostly Christians are good people here in in America. Hating gays. Come on. Not every Christian hates gays. And uh, what I was taught at my church was, hate the sinner, not the sin. Okay. That's excuse me. Hate the sin, not the sinner. Pardon me. Um, you know they don't hate the sinners. They you know think that being gay is is a sin, and I don't think that it is personally. I don't Look, think you know what? I've got a lot of books up in my uh, yeah. I've got some books that are up on my bookshelf. If you want to denigrate the books that I read, I won't take that personally. So I don't understand why you take it personally if I'm telling you that I think the Bible is nothing more than uh, fantasies created by man, just as uh, as all religions have been. Religion was not created by God. Religion was created by mankind in order to control other men. And I would think the mass the mass a, a majority of Christians out there don't believe in the ability of man to go through, f- pick out a bunch of numbers out of Revelation, and, and figure out when the precise date of the end of the world or what's going to happen at the end of the world is going on. And, and that's just not going to happen. It's totally understandable that Christians, um, just coming across a message like we were talking about, or what, what I was talking about last segment, about the dra- the striking similarities uh, between the Jesus and other gods in the past. For instance, Horus. Um, in, in Egyptian mythology, uh, the the similarities are incredible. Essentially, the people that created the the Jesus religion ripped off the older religions, put it all in a brand new package, and sold it to the the people of their day. That's what's going on. So I'm talking about this to simply out the 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 fact. That your religion is a scam, just like all religions have always been. Now, you're here saying that you believe in a god, Mark, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you believe in the Christian god, right? I believe in a benevolent God that wants the best for us. I don't believe in a hell. I think that's uh, crazy. I mean, it doesn't make any, make any sense to me how a fair, just God could send somebody to hell. And your belief system is just as legitimate as Tom's belief system as anybody else, any other religious person's belief system. Why it is it? I mean, some Christians might say, well, you don't believe in the Bible? Well, no, you don't. But that's okay. You still believe in a God. Does that mean you're going to go to hell? Some Christians would say yes. Some Christians would say no. Even the Christians don't agree on what they believe. On, on who's going to go to hell, that's for sure. I mean, right. some of them believe that all the other religions are going to go to hell. And some of them believe that, uh, you know, some the good people will go to heaven. I, I'm looking at a list here of some of the com- comparisons. I'll just give you five of them, okay? Because there's so many of them. Horus. We're comparing Horus with Jesus now, okay? Conception. Both conceived by a virgin. Uh, the father, uh, let's see, the, the father from of Horus was the only begotten son of the god Osiris. The father of Jesus was the only begotten son of Jehovah. The mother was named Mary from Horus. That's or, not exactly right. Um, Jesus was the only begotten son of Jehovah. Not, oh, okay. Not the father. Sorry. Of anyway, uh, Miriam, apparently, also known as Mary, was the mother of Jesus. Uh, the but of course, Jesus' name was actually Yahushua. 
So that's mentioned here as well. Uh, birth location in a cave for Horus, in a cave or stable for uh, for Jesus. Annunciation by an angel to Isis, his mother, for Horus, by an angel to Miriam, his mother, for Jesus. Birth heralded by the star Sirius, the morning star, for Horus, for Jesus, an unidentified star in the east. Announced by angels on both counts, uh, also witnessed by shepherds on both counts, witnesses to the birth, uh, three solar deities for Horus, three wise men for Jesus. I give you more, th- more than five. There's another 20 listed here on this list. I mean, it's just, and it's not just Horus either. It's, it's other gods that have been worshipped in the past. I mean, I know this is, sounds uh, iconoclastic and everything, and it is. What I'm telling you here is that if you've always believed in this, it's only because your mom and dad told you you should, and the people they hung around with told you you should. It's not because it has any legitimacy. Somebody wrote a book a long time ago, and a lot of people fell for it. You've been duped. I don't. I don't know that it matters very much what people's religion is. I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why atheists in general want to harp on religion. Well, the so. guy called in, and that's but what you, led us to you, this. I was going to talk about. On. I was going to talk about bisexuality. We had an email about that. I'll hold it till tomorrow night. Let's go in the meantime to Bill in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hello, Bill. Bill going once. Bill going Hello. twice. Hey, Bill. Hey. You're on the air. Um, What's on your mind? I, I I was just wondering how how, how you became atheist. Great question. Uh, so I just want to say, uh, you know, thanks to my friend Decot. Thank you, Bill. Sure. Appreciate hearing from you. The question about the atheism. Um, when I was, in, I used to go to Christian camp. I was, uh, as a young person, went to went to church, went to Christian camp year after year, and you know, the more I learned about the Christian religion, the more questions I had. Because that's kind of guy I am. I question things, and I found that when I would ask the questions that I wanted to ask. I wasn't really getting the answers that I was looking to get. In many cases, uh, I was kind of dodgy or, you know, sort of stock answers like, well, the reason why children crash off uh, the side of a cliff in a bus is because God has a plan for those children. Just really kind of answers that didn't really satisfy me and inevitably uh, led me to the logical conclusion that uh, religion is a, is a fantasy and there's no scientific proof that there is a God. And if there ever is, then that'll be a very interesting day. Until then, I'm an atheist. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. Mark, who believes in a, a god of some right, sort? Right, I'm not, not we'll going to be changing the atheism online today. Online at George. DVD. Books. Music. Instruments. Periodicals. Computers. Software. Electronics. Photo. Cell phone. Office products. Home and garden. Bed and bath. Furniture. Kitchen. Pet supply. Automotive. Hardware. Apparel. Shoes. Jewelry. Grocery. Healthcare. Sports and outdoors. Toys. Games. Used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 